Hi everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manicherry and today's episode is all about busting dental myths. Today's guest is Dr. Yuan Dei, who is a newly qualified dentist and she's now practicing as a foundation dentist. She has a YouTube channel and is very active on social media. In the first part of this episode, we talk about Dr. Yuan Dei's journey to becoming a dentist and how it was slightly unconventional and also how it inspired her to start her YouTube channel to help others. We also talk about why failure really isn't a thing because it's something that we all go through and it's not a dead end, it's just the redirection. In the second part of this episode, we talk about some common dental misconceptions like how much toothpaste you should be using, how you should be brushing, whether you should be spitting or rinsing after you brush and when you should really use mouthwash. So although they're simple, they're super, super effective and I really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Hi, Yuande. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please? Yes. Um, so I'm currently working as a foundation dentist in Kent. Um, I've recently graduated this year. It was actually very interesting graduating during a pandemic, that's for sure, because it's something that nobody anticipated um, but nevertheless it was a huge relief to finally become a dentist after five years of studying even if it wasn't the most conventional way um, my journey even into dentistry wasn't the most conventional journey um, I actually applied in 2013 but I didn't get in the first time um, I had offers from two different dental schools but I missed out on my offer by one percent um, yeah, I was very young at the time, but mm. I remember it was it was one of the most difficult times of my life. Um, I was absolutely devastated because when you see your friends going to uni and you know you have the potential and you know you yeah. can do it and you missed out, it's just like, what have I done wrong? And I was just, I think a lot of that summer, I think I was just putting myself down, thinking I wasn't good enough. Um, and I think I felt so much pressure at a young age to make huge decisions about my life. So I ultimately had to choose between taking a year out um, and applying to dentistry again or going to uni that year and just doing something completely different. Um, but I knew that dentistry was definitely what I was passionate about and it's what I could see myself doing and enjoying and I feel that is so important when choosing a career to envisage yourself in the role and I had already I, I remember I had already dreamed about myself being a dentist I was like oh no I can't just give up now I have to keep going um, so yeah I stuck at it did the year again and yeah the rest is history um, and on the back of that I decided to start a YouTube channel called Yuande Dental um, after getting in to encourage others that might be going through the same thing and overall since the time I started it I thought like the channel is doing quite well. Um, the best thing about having a YouTube channel is that when people reach out to me telling me that they've watched my videos um, and how much they've been encouraged through my videos it it kind of inspires me as well that I've actually um, inspired someone not to give up on their journey into dental school so yeah and as 
aside from that, um, I enjoy community outreach or health promotion. Um, I'm part of dental training consultants team where we mentor young dentists. Um, I've written a couple of articles for dentistry.co.uk and I'm part of their editorial board advisory member team. So yeah, <laughs> that's Wonderful. a bit about so you've me. been quite busy. You've been quite busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been quite busy, been quite busy. It's, it's, it's interesting it. that you reapplied because I think it's quite difficult to keep sort of at it and be motivated when you fail mm. at anything, you know, and I think all of us, it's really, really important to let everyone know that you will fail at some point during your journey, 100%. whatever you're doing. Yeah. So if you're ambitious and you want to do different things, you will, I, I'm not sure if failing is actually the right word. It, it's just going to be stumbling along the way because yeah, you will find your like, way. Yeah. We shouldn't so, see it as failures. We should always see it as a learning curve. Like, okay, so this has happened. I haven't failed. What have I learned from it? And how has it made me into a better person? And I feel it's so great that people are open and honest about their journeys. And I think when you see other people that have inverted commas failed, mm-hmm. um, you you don't feel that pressure to to be perfect. And I think it's great, even on social media, when you see people being honest, being truthful, sharing their journeys, sharing their story and being open. I think it can really have a huge impact. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's always, you know, a silver lining, for example, for you, it was, you know, you you did the YouTube channel, which is now very successful. And I think it's, it's a way to show other people that you can do things. It's, everyone's journey is not going to be exactly the same, especially when it comes to things like medicine and dentistry, because there's so many different avenues. There's so many different ways that you can go into it. Um, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, for advice, how to get into dental school and what do you do if you don't get in? So what would be your advice to somebody who maybe didn't get, get in with their first round of application? My advice, honestly, I say this to everyone, try again. If you know dentistry is what you want to do, if you didn't get in first time, a year goes by so quickly in the grand scheme of things. When I look back at that year, I'm just like, oh, like what even happened? Like that was so yeah. quick. It, you don't feel it. So I think when you're younger, it can seem like, oh my gosh, a whole year. Yeah. How am I going to live life for about a year? <laughs> it, it goes by so quickly. So my advice then would just be keep on going, pursue your passion. Um, and it's going to sound so cliche, but if you actually work hard at it, you will get there. And I yeah. feel like I'm a living testament to that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was applying because you get five choices in your UCAS application and you can only put dentistry for four of those options. And the fifth one, most people I knew would put a backup subject like biomedicine or something like dental materials even. And when I was applying, my brother was helping me and I was like, I have no idea what to put. And he was like, look, realistically, if you don't get in this year, are you going to do that subject? And then either do something completely different or you know go into dentistry somehow and I was like no if I don't get in I will take a year out work on my application and then reapply so I left that option blank because there's no point in just putting a a backup option so if you know what you want to do yeah so if you know what you want to do just just keep at it and you will get there I think it's also important for me to mention that there are other routes as well so I know not everybody might want to take a gap year. It can. I know we're making it seem like it's so easy, but that can be very daunting for some people. But there are other routes. There's postgraduate entry that you could do as well. Um, and yeah, so you can also transfer. I know some courses they have. You can do a year of dental hygiene and therapy, and if you get the 
top grades you can transfer after a year into dentistry. So there are other routes to getting there as well. Um, so I think you should really research and find out. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a little bit more about your YouTube channel. What inspired you? I know you did it during a gap year, but what was it that did it for you? You know what? I think because my, my journey was just so unconventional and I just felt that I'd gone through such a massive roller coaster. I literally thought there must be someone else in this world <laughs> that has gone through the same thing or someone that might be feeling the exact same way and they don't know what's ahead. So I just, I thought I was just going to make one video and that's it. And I wasn't going to make any videos after that. I just thought, let me, it was my first ever YouTube video. If you go back and look at it, it's the most grainy video you ever <laughs> see. <laughs> I was thinking, what kind of audio is this? I had no editing skills. I just put it up there. I think I recorded it on my laptop or something, on my webcam. It was like funny. <laughs> I just put it on there and said, you know what? Whoever sees this, I hope you're inspired by it. <laughs> um, and from that, it was just a snowball effect. And then I could see that, oh, people are actually quite enjoying this. Oh, people are asking for more videos. So I just thought, oh, let me carry on with this. And it just kind of turned into like a second passion. So when I'm not doing dentistry, I'm usually just editing YouTube videos or, um, and just making stuff on my channel. But I think once you have a passion, once you really enjoy something, it starts to show. And I think people naturally see it and naturally drawn to you. I think that's what's happened with me. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know what? I think I don't have very much experience with social media and just generally this kind of stuff. I'm fairly, I would say, new in the grand scheme of things. And I think I underestimated just how much work it takes because, you know, yeah. people who do YouTube or who do Instagram and these influencers, they often have like a, a big team that help them. You know, they've got videographers, they've got photographers, they've got people who edit stuff for them. It's yeah. actually so much work. So how it do you, I mean, I can just about edit a TikTok video. How do you <laughs> find the time to edit a YouTube video? It takes a lot of skill and time. It does. And I had to teach myself a lot of it because I wasn't great. I had to download Final Cut Pro and just like, YouTube taught me how to edit videos. <laughs> so we thank God for YouTube. So I just, I learned it all and I usually edit in at night. I think I'm quite a night owl. Um, I'd come back from work and just be like, okay, time to edit or over the weekend, whenever I can find a spare bit of time. Because we all know dentistry is a demanding profession yeah. and Honestly, to anybody who does anything extracurricular or anything outside of dentistry, salute to you because it's not easy balancing these things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think if you if you enjoy something, you'll you find time for it. Yeah, I agree. How's the dentistry been for you? Because like you said, your kind of graduation and dental foundation training has not been the conventional way by any means. It's been quite yeah. difficult for everyone. And especially I think for you guys, for the new cohort of dentists, it's going to be so, so difficult because you don't know any different. Like we, we're used to like just having the surgical mask and just doing any kind of procedure we want, but this is going to be the new normal for you guys. So how has it yeah. been doing dental foundation training during this time? Honestly, COVID has had such a massive impact on dentistry industry as a whole and being a new graduate it was just crazy to just watch it all unfold I think everybody didn't really know what was going to happen there was a lot of uncertainty um, and when we started our foundation training I've just completed the first month and it has been quite slow 
Um, we've had to get adjusted to everything, all the new rules, infection control policies, had to get fit tested because we weren't allowed to do any AGPs, which is aerosol generating procedures with, without a, a mask. Um, so yeah, going through that process, having to relearn everything, you can't just reach for your handpiece. If a patient comes in and wants mm. sort of something, say they had a small chip or they just wanted something smoothing down, you can't just quickly do that. You have to go get your mask on, get your apron on, put everything together and do the procedure. And it, that takes about 10 minutes in itself. So I think it's just going to be difficult adjusting to everything and trying to do everything in the right time frame. Um, at, in dental school, obviously, we had much longer to see our patients. Now that we're in the real world, we have to try and learn how to be quicker. But being quicker with COVID and I think we're all still learning, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a long process, but this is dentistry now and I think we all just have to sort of embrace it. Let's get into the questions. We're going to do some myth busting today. And I'm actually really excited for this because it's a lot of stuff that may sound fairly simple, but they're actually quite important to get right. So let's start off by the amount of toothpaste that we should be using. Okay, so newborn babies, we'll start off from babies. So when newborn babies will first get their first tooth around six months old. So from the moment a child has their first tooth, it's important to keep it clean right from the start. A lot of people feel like they shouldn't, um, they're too young, but if they've got teeth in their mouth, you have to brush them. Um, so the <laughs> what we use as dentists, we use um, a toolkit called Delivering Better Oral Health. And this sort of just gives us the guidelines about the amount of toothpaste that people should use. So between zero to three years old, we advise that you only use a smear of fluoridated toothpaste containing no less than 1000 ppm of fluoride. And what ppm is parts per million. So you can find this at the back of the toothpaste. It's quite small, but you'll see it there. And if you're between three and six, you should use a pea size amount containing more than a thousand ppm of fluoride and if you're over seven then you should use a pea size amount between 1350 to 1500 ppm um so yeah i know that's a lot of numbers <laughs> but if you look at the back of the toothpaste you'll be able to see it clearly and i know a lot of people are probably wondering or if you're not a dentist what is so special about fluoride why do dentists go on about fluoride what is this fluoride basically? And that's a question I'm sure you get asked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. <laughs> I get a lot of people telling me that, you know, with natural toothpaste and stuff, fluoride is toxic. A lot of people actually on social media, uh, mainly TikTok, everyone, whenever <laughs> I make a video suggesting that you should use fluoride toothpaste, everyone starts commenting fluoride is bad for you, fluoride is toxic. But it's actually in the in the amounts that we use in toothpaste, yeah. it's actually crucial. And there's actually small amounts of fluoride in, in the water as well in most places. And that does okay. wonders for protecting us against tooth decay and things like that. And essentially, in terms of the amount of toothpaste that we need, uh, just to give people perspective. So normal toothpaste, so your normal standard Colgate will have 1,450 parts per million fluoride. That's normally the standard that we should all be using. Yeah. And when it comes to yeah. children below the age of seven, we're kind of 
concerned that if they start eating loads and loads of fluoride, um, <laughs> they will start to get the condition known as fluorosis, which is where you get um, white patches on the teeth. So that's what we want to prevent. But essentially, as soon as the teeth come through, they should be brushing with a fluoride toothpaste. It's just the amount of fluoride is slightly less and obviously a smear of toothpaste. So if they do end up eating it, which they probably will, um, <laughs> it's not a big issue. Exactly. Exactly. So exactly like you said, fluoride is a naturally occurring mineral and it's a key component in our toothpaste. It actually strengthens our teeth and it prevents you from getting tooth decay. Um, it actually does this in two ways. So firstly, it protects the enamel. So our teeth are made up of three layers. We have the enamel, which is the white part of the tooth on the outside, which you can all see. Um, and that's the protective outer layer. And then in the middle, we have the dentine, which is yellow. It's what we don't see. It's the middle layer of the tooth. Um, and it's where we can feel sensitivity. So if you're brushing too hard and you're removing your enamel, then you're actually, people think that brushing harder will make their teeth look whiter. But in actual fact, you're actually brushing away your enamel and you're exposing this middle layer, which is the dentine. And that's why you can feel sensitivity um, because of the fluid movement between the dentinal tubules so that's why we say brush gently at soft pressure don't brush too hard um, and then right below the dentine we have the third layer which is the pulp which is where all the nerves and the blood vessels are and that's responsible for pain um, so on a daily basis we get bacteria forming on our teeth and they form these little communities called plaque and plaque loves sugar um, they ingest sugar and they produce acid. So it's this acid that demineralizes the tooth, but fluoride reverses this to make your teeth stronger again. Um, so that brings me on to the second way it protects your teeth. So it can actually reverse the process of tooth decay, which is one of the most prevalent diseases worldwide. Um, so fluoride can actually reverse this process by um, strengthening your teeth and yeah building up which is why us dentists we just say use fluoride use fluoride use fluoride and um which is why we just recommend it so much yeah and i think do you know if it wasn't for fluoride i don't think i would be able to eat as much haribos as i as i do <laughs> and i, I yeah. honestly i'm quite transparent about that especially with my patients because i think you're allowed to do stuff. You're allowed to have chocolate. You're allowed to have sweets. It would be unrealistic yeah. for us to tell people not to We're not to do mean it. people. Dentists are <laughs> mean people. We're not telling you, don't. Like, people just see dentists as we're just telling you, off. Oh, don't have this, yeah. don't have that. But I can tell you for a fact, I love desserts. I love yeah. ice cream, you know? I like to. Yeah. I like things with sugar. But what we're saying is when you're using a toothbrush with fluoride, you can still have your sweet treats. Exactly. But make sure that you are brushing twice a day with a fluoridated toothpaste. And that will help exactly this very nicely brings us to our next point so mm -hmm. um how should we be brushing our teeth because i feel like on tv we see you know people grab a manual toothbrush normally and they start scrubbing away at their teeth and this sort of horizontal back and forth action yeah. with all their teeth so um i think when you watch movies it sort of glamorizes the brushing back and forth <laughs> motion which is which is not how you're meant to be brushing um you're actually meant to brush um in circular motions so there's a technique called the modified bass technique which is often used with manual toothbrushes so you hold the toothbrush sideways against your teeth at a 45 degree angle which allows the bristles to touch your gums so the idea is that the bristles are going along your gum line so when you start making these small tiny circles it allows the bristles to slightly 
go under the gum and just remove any plaque and bacteria that's been building up there. This shouldn't cause any pain if you have healthy gums. Um, if it does hurt when you're doing this, don't stop. You need to carry on, just maybe apply less pressure because it's really important that if your gums are puffy or they look inflamed, you need to really make sure that you are brushing twice a day and really getting all the bacteria and plaque away from underneath the gums because a lot of people feel like they just focus on their teeth i find mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. just completely ignore the gums um but it's like the gums are the foundation so when you're cleaning your house there's no point just wiping all the sides and not cleaning <laughs> the floor you know you need to make sure you get the floor done and that's our gums they're the foundation they keep everything in place so you need to really make sure that you're cleaning that as effectively as you're cleaning your teeth yeah i agree yeah. and actually doing this properly it might sound a bit simple but doing this right is actually quite difficult doing circular motions whenever i use a manual toothbrush <laughs> i actually personally go back to the horizontal motion as well when i'm not like mm. consciously thinking yeah about it, it's quite uh, difficult. it can be difficult getting your hand going in circles because we're so like our brains just tell us to go side <laughs> to side i don't know why <laughs> um yeah but I think it's really important. But that's when electric toothbrushes come in. They're really efficient at doing this because they're already going in circular motions for yeah, you. Exactly. Um, so I personally use an electric toothbrush. Um, so that can be a lot more effective. And I think there was actually evidence. So there was a Cochrane review carried out in 2014 to say that regular use of an electric toothbrush can help you prevent tooth loss in the long term. So it can actually be more effective to use an electric toothbrush. Yeah, I agree. And that's how I get away with not doing circles with a manual toothbrush because it's actually quite difficult. <laughs> so just use an electric toothbrush. Another thing that movies tell us is that we should be, um, we should be rinsing our mouth out with water after we brush our teeth. And actually, when, when I tell people the truth about this point, they're often <laughs> really, the truth. They're often really, really surprised. And I think literally like adults who are very mature they know what they're doing with their life they yeah. have everything figured out as soon as you tell them this point they're they're genuinely shocked um so yeah. should we be spitting or rinsing after we brush our teeth so the mantra we use is spit don't rinse so you can spit it's an excellent mantra <laughs> <laughs> literally spit don't rinse spit out your toothpaste but don't rinse it because remember what i said about fluoride it protects the teeth and you don't want to get water just rinse it all away um that's just counterproductive at the end of the day so you want to keep all that goodness in your enamel um so i know it's, it can feel a bit uncomfortable having toothpaste in your mouth but after a couple of minutes it sort of disappears and you don't you don't notice that you left it there yeah, uh, so exactly. Yeah, spit, don't rinse. <laughs> spit, don't rinse. And you know what? I think we we touched on this on the first point that we should be using a pea-sized amount of uh, toothpaste. Mm. I think, again, from adverts and movies and stuff, we see this long trail of toothpaste being, <laughs> you know, put yeah. on the toothbrush. And that's actually not how much we need. We need a tiny amount. We need a pea-sized amount. So if you're using that to brush your teeth, there's hardly anything left that you will feel once you spit out. So it's actually not too uncomfortable if you're yeah. using the right amount. Right exactly yeah. and also make sure you're brushing for long enough so that's quickly another point i want to say because yeah. a lot of people they literally brush for like less than 30 seconds and feel like they've done a good job so you need to make sure you're brushing for two minutes because you don't want to leave any bacteria behind because this can cause gum disease over time and i'm sure none of you guys want that <laughs> um so <laughs> so spring two minutes a day which is not a long time two minutes twice a day 
brushing your teeth. You can even, if you have an iPhone or any phone, you can use your timer if you really need that discipline to try and yeah. see if you're brushing for two minutes. And I think right now, I think tomorrow, get your phone out and see how long it takes you on a normal day to brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, and quite quick. stop the timer when you're finished and see if it's two minutes. <laughs> Very <laughs> a lot likely. Of you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? That's why I think that's another reason why electric toothbrushes are really good because when you're brushing your teeth, in the morning when you've just woken up or last thing at night the last thing you want to be doing is counting how long it's been like it's actually not easy to yeah. do so just your electric toothbrush has normally a timer so it would tell you when it's been two minutes and most of them exactly. have it so even the most basic electric toothbrush which isn't very expensive it will have a timer on it so this actually ties in nicely with our next point which is mouthwash after brushing so again a lot of people will brush their teeth really quickly and then rinse with mouthwash afterwards so when should people be using their mouthwash? So this, as you said, it ties back to the point about rinsing. So mouthwash is a similar thing. So if you're using mouthwash straight after brushing, you're essentially not leaving your teeth with the maximum amount of fluoride. So I'd say use mouthwash at a different time during the day to brushing. So this could be when you're about to go out, um, after a meal, um so just literally at random points during the day you don't want to use it the worst time you could actually use it straight after brushing um and i think that's another um, myth that people often believe that you should use mouthwash straight after brushing i'm just like why when you actually think about it it doesn't make sense (laughs) it doesn't and and i often hear people saying well do you know what what if you use a fluoridated mouthwash and use it after brushing surely that has fluoride but actually the amount of fluoride that's in mouthwash is much, much less than what's in toothpaste. So it's not ideal. Just use it at a different time to, to brushing, for example, after lunch. You know, a lot of people want to brush their teeth after lunch, which again isn't a good idea because we know that you need to wait a certain amount of time after you've eaten um, yeah. to brush your teeth because essentially, in a nutshell, there's bacteria and plaque on your teeth. They eat whatever you yeah. eat. So when, when they eat whatever you've eaten, they produce an acid. And that acid takes Mm -hmm. about 20 to 30 minutes to be neutralized by the minerals in the saliva. So if you go and brush your teeth straight away after you've eaten, you're essentially rubbing acid all over your teeth, which can wear them away. (laughs) Your tooth is made up of minerals. So if you really, really desperately want to use a mouthwash, just use it, for example, at lunchtime and don't brush instead. This point is one of my favorites and it's what I get quite passionate about when my when my patients tell me. <laughs> so if people notice that their gums are bleeding when they brush or when they floss their teeth, does that mean they should stop doing it? Does that mean they're traumatizing their gums? No. And uh, no. <laughs> if you see bleeding on your gums, do not stop. I know people get scared because obviously blood is not a nice sight. Nobody wants to see blood. But that's your gums crying out for help. They're inflamed. They need you <laughs> to floss that area more, clean it a bit more. Um, that's actually a sign of inflammation. So when you do see areas that have been bleeding slightly more than others, that is a sign to look after that area more, clean that area more. Bleeding gums are a result of a buildup of plaque around the gum line. So if you're avoiding flossing that area, brushing that area, you're only making the problem worse. So the best way to treat bleeding gums is to actually build up your oral care routine and not to reduce it. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think it's important for people to know that bleeding is a sign of inflammation, which isn't, is not good. Essentially any, anywhere in your body, if you have inflammation, yeah. it's not a good sign. So you need to treat it. Um, if your gums are bleeding, it means you need to brush more. You need to floss more, if anything, more effectively. And then if your oral hygiene routine is excellent, then it normally yeah. takes about 10 days to two weeks for the gums to settle down um, and for them to not bleed. So healthy gums shouldn't be bleeding essentially exactly. even when you floss even when you uh, brush your teeth and i get this um, often when we do uh, check the gums during an examination um, <laughs> if the gums are bleeding patients are normally yeah. like well yeah you're you're prodding my gums with a sharp probe i, I saw your tiktok on that one <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> yeah because i think uh, it's important for people not to my gums bleed. <laughs> i'm like no i'm not making your gums bleed <laughs> exactly and the probe that we use is actually blunt so we're not stabbing your gums with this sharp probe it's actually a blunt yeah. probe and if your gums are healthy they should be absolutely fine they shouldn't be bleeding I feel like I'm saying this about all the questions, but this is one of my favorite myths. Um, <laughs> should you be brushing before or after breakfast? Oh, this is the question of the century. <laughs> A lot of people want to know the answer to this question. And there actually is no right answer. It literally depends on you. I like to think that as long as you're leaving at least 30 minutes um, before you eat, that's fine. So you could be the kind of person that wakes up, first thing you want to do is brush your teeth. That's fine. Personally, I brush before I eat, wait 30 minutes and eat. So I do the complete opposite. I actually mm. looked into this quite a bit. And like you're saying, there's no right answer for this one. But there are certain things that we know for a fact. So like we were saying before, if you eat something, you shouldn't be brushing your teeth straight away. And I know a lot of people sort of have their breakfast and go out the door really quickly. They don't have that much time in the mornings. So in that case, it's much better if you brush your teeth beforehand. I personally can't sort of leave the house when I haven't brushed my teeth yeah as the last thing so I, I feel like it's like me oh, really? doing the house without washing my face you know it just feels a little bit weird so I normally like to wake up quite early give myself enough time for like yoga meditation breakfast all of that mm. kind of stuff so I would have my breakfast and then by the time I've done the other bits and I'm ready to brush my teeth and go out it's already been about 30 minutes but I do rinse my mouth as soon as I wake up because it does feel oh, a bit yeah. strange because yeah your mouth away. does feel a bit grotty when you wake up yeah so I, I can never just eat straight away after doing that yeah so yeah, everyone's different yeah. yeah as long as you're leave, as long as you're not brushing straight away after you've eaten that's fine just give it enough time so if you're going to rush out the door really quickly after you've eaten just brush beforehand and then if you have enough time yeah. even 20 minutes is fine 20 30 minutes as long as you're not doing it as soon as you've eaten that's exactly thank you so much for joining me Yohande. it's been such a great chat and we could go on yeah we love oral hygiene promotion because <laughs> these are essentially they might sound so simple but these are the things that keep your teeth for the rest of your life if you're brushing twice a day if you're keeping to your oral hygiene routine people always complain about how expensive seeing a dentist is but it all starts at home like the majority of dentistry is what you're doing at home so if you can keep all these things under control you'll be able to keep your teeth for life and you just have your regular checkup and hopefully everything will be fine um so these are honestly i think this is the most essential part of dentistry 
it's honestly the foundation and I think if you can take on everything we've said take it all on board yeah I agree and it's such simple things but it's very very important to get them right because you know like spitting not rinsing or the amount of uh, toothpaste that you use they're really really essential and I think not many people know that so it's very very important to know spread the message and hopefully keep and save as many teeth as as possible (laughs) yeah we sound like superheroes (laughs) save as many teeth as possible yes to that (laughs) perfect thank you so much for joining me yuande and i can't wait to see what's in store for you next with your youtube channel and your dental journey (laughs) thank you so much for having me I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and hopefully learned a few things. Like we kept saying, these are very simple and basic things that we discussed, but to get them right, they're actually very important and they could make such a big difference to your oral health and it's important to get them right. I would love to know what you thought of this episode, so please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manucheri. And also, if you have any suggestions or questions relating to the podcast, please let me know. There will be a new episode every week, so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.